The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Today's episode of Tables, Others and Chairs is brought to you by our sponsors, Faces Wrestling. Head over to faceswrestling.com for money off heavy metal wrestling merch. Use the code OTHERS, that's A-T-H-E-R-S, to get 20% off all Jimmy Havoc, B Priestley and Travis Banks merch. Once again, that's Faces Wrestling. Another episode of Tables, Others and Chairs here on the HTM Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Others, and I'm coming to you live from the mean streets of Blackpool, England. On today's show, well, it's an absolute potpourri of pro wrestling uh, jam-packed show today. Uh, We've got a Fight Club Pro review, which was recorded by myself and Andrew Ogden from Graps and Claps. Uh, A review of Progress's Chapter 94, Physician Heal Thyself. We've also got previews for the upcoming Summer Sizzler show. Uh, That's this Friday, tomorrow. And uh, as well as New Japan's Royal Quest happening on Saturday. Got a very special guest in for that one as well. And we'll be rounding things off with a preview for NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff. Like I say, jam-packed show. We're going to jump straight into things with the Fight Club Pro review with Graps and Claps, Mr Andrew Ogden. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Graps and Claps Audio. This time from room 105 of the Novotelling Wolverhampton. I've only got Avers here. Hi, Avers. Hello. Hello. This time I'm not in my pants like uh, last time we were in Wolverhampton recording a podcast. Bit warm in here. Uh, yeah, close. Close. Close is the word I'd like to use, yeah. It's a good job you had the... Um, well, you had the bed next to the window, so you had a bit of fresh air. Yeah, well, good, good tactics, that, getting near the window. While I was uh, stewing in my own juices. Uh, yeah, that, that's the only problem with Novotel hotels. Like, very good for 49 quid, but rooms are too fucking warm. Yeah, but, you know, when it comes to uh, the harsh, cold winters, you're laughing, I suppose. Yeah, that's why I'm moving to the Red Wings for the next uh, two shows for Fight Club Pro. Uh, yeah, so what we're going to talk about here is uh, Fight Club Pro's um, show. Last night, what was it called? Rise Against. What was it? What were they rising against? Who knows? Who knows? We'll get into that later on. Um, so, yeah, my day started off, as ever, on the train. Fucking great British rail for you. Um, two of the doors were broke on my train, um, so no people could go in the middle two carriages, so either first class or the other end was used, I was in first class, and I'll tell you what, in first class, you know what you get? 
What do you get on A chocolate the... biscuit and a bottle of water. That's worth the extra 40 quid, isn't it? It is, yeah. And that, I weren't really travelling in comfort. I can say that. I'd had well, a can of Monster, bottle of water, and another bottle of water, what they give us. So, looking very, very uh, hydrated. Um, yeah, it took about an hour and a quarter. Got into Wolverhampton. About quarter past three, met others in the um, Royal London, of all places. Usual usual um, stomping ground, which what seems to the most Fight Club Pro fans. Um, just a pint and a half in here. I had the uh, Brew York Rhubarbara Strys, and it was called, uh, which was £5.50 a pint. Um, so half a pint was two seventy-five. But I got told that after 5pm... All all pints, um, like the craft beer lot, three quid a pint. Ooh, not bad. So in, if you're in there after five o'clock, go and visit it for three pound a pint. It's got. He it said the the try to do that to make make sure they get a bigger uh, beer range in. What I found out off the uh, off the barman. Um, so after this one, went to the Hogshead across the road. Uh, I had a pint of Cone at me bro, which was like um, a milkshake IPA from Green Duck Brewery. Could I but say it was uh, Matt Riddle, the uh, creator? Br- yeah, bro. <laughs> um, or or Vin- Vince Russo, bro. Uh, reverse Battle Royal, bro. <laughs> um, 5.25 a pint. Joe, you went to KFC. I did. I was a bit peckish and... Uh... You know, when when you've got that, that chicken calling you, you've, you've got to answer the call. Uh, very lucky, there was hardly anyone in the queue, so... Bing, bang, bosh, in and out in about five minutes, so, yeah, it was all right. Good. Um, I had... Um, well, I had a couple of nibbles. It was mainly chicken-orientated. Some riblets as well, spicy riblets, which, yeah, very sticky sauce to them. Uh, three for eight quid, filled and all. Uh, after here, went to um, the Parisian, which is it's very much um, our date night. Our date night. Um, it, it's a it's a cocktail, put cocktail and gin bar in it. I tell everybody what you had, um, you I, swanky bastard. Yeah, well, you see the picture on Avaz's Twitter. It was the um, it was a cocktail, spice cherry gato, which like a cherry liqueur uh, cocktail. You've sold out with like. Whipped cream, cherry on top. Uh, as Jar Jeff put last night, it looked like a couple of a couple of tits I was drinking. Um, Ten pound for two, which I thought very very good. I don't know the exact uh, volume of the alcohol, but no, very nice. Well, I didn't notice you staggering out a little after we left. So no, I was I was fine. I was fine. Don't worry, I was fine. Um, no, but very nice, just for a change, you know, from the normal. Run of the mill pubs. It's a nice place to go. So after here, we last well last pub was the um, Duke of York, full of dogs. And we don't mean the clientele; they are literally dogs there. Yeah, they, they were they were having a good sniff of your chair, weren't they? Yeah, they could probably sta- uh, smell Stanley, my dog, on it. But yeah, big dog fan, so I was I was glad to go in there for a bit. Yeah, um, no, it's it's a bit so, two nice staffies. Yeah. It's a very locals pub, isn't it? What, you mean like League of Gentlemen local or...? A little bit. <laughs> but the, the the beer selection's not too bad, but... Yeah, he, he's, he's got a homely feel to it. 
Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. Serviceable. Well, you, you Serviceable. You don't get many dogs wandering about in spoons, do you? So. No, you don't. Well, th- well, yeah. <laughs> um, so after here, you, you went to the venue, Joe. I did. I, I went into um, Jack's Cafe Bar for half a pint of lager. Then I uh, got a tap on the shoulder. Will Cooling were there with, right. his, with his mate Hamish, who's um, like a scientist. Now, because I stopped in, I ended up stopping in there for a good half an hour, three quarters of an hour, because um, like Will and Amish got like a large mixed grilling, so I, I, I tucked into some of their stuff, like the cheapskate <laughs> I am. Um, but um, Hamish was telling me that his rival in his field of sci- uh, like scientistry or scientistry, yeah. great word, go on. Um, is there actually a person you won't you won't believe this? He's a Russian. What's he called? Ivan Koloff. No, Boris Kozlov. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. So the 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 real Boris Kozlov is is an actual scientist. Da da. Um, yeah, fascinated I was by this. Absolutely fascinated. Uh, so got into the venue. They were about a couple of minutes late. Weren't they? Standard. Standard. Uh, I thought crowd, similar to last time, good three, four hundred. I'd say slightly more. I'd say about four, five. Four, five? Yeah, around that mark. We'll it call, was, it was we'll more call t- it four hundred. Four hundred between friends. Um, yeah, I think that's generally been the level at the hangar you yeah. know, for the, like crowd attendance. Uh, so we started off, um, this was international singles action. Scheduled for one fall, one fall, uh, with uh, Speedball Mike Bailey, who's on a bit of an excursion at the moment for the um, like next month. I know he's doing the Cave Show. He's doing Tidal as well in Leeds. Uh-huh. It was against um, the Irish Ace Jordan Devlin. Now, uh, start to, start to this match. It was more like uh, one upsmanship sort of thing. Only went on for a couple of minutes and then got into the action. So, what did we think of the match, Joe? I thought it was a very solid opener. I mean, I'm a big fan of both these lads. I think Jordan Devlin, I don't think there's many better than him in Europe at the minute. Uh, Big fan of Speedball Mike Bailey, remembering having some really good matches uh, towards the, the... End of last year, uh, particularly against Car Noir in Riptide, Eddie Dennis in Progress. I just think he's fantastic. It's a shame that he uh, can't work in America for visa issues. But, uh, yeah, I think he's a really great talent, a very unique talent as well. I'm surprised with um, Progress. They haven't used him more since that Eddie Dennis match. Yeah, I think it's more about a bit uh, availability because... Uh, Spends a lot of his time in Canada. I think he works uh, smash. Yeah. So. Just when he can get over here. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're not going to fly somebody out all the way from Canada just to do shows. I imagine that even with their WWE money, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, Mm. they uh, probably can't afford to fly one person out in particular just to do the odd show here and there. Well, yeah, um, I thought with this match, um, I think I mentioned to you last night that there was not a lot of pinfall attempts and they tried to make each move look like devastating in a way. 
Yeah. Every every move meant summer. I mean, there were bits where, like, Bailey were doing, like, moonsault knees and the one bit where he, like, literally missed Devlin on the ring rope and you just feel for his... Yeah, it's just... In, in later life... Yeah, it's a spot that he does quite often. You've got um, his opponents usually on the ring apron and uh, he'll do, like, a full rotation flip where the aim is to, to land on your opponent with a double knees... Uh, Devlin gets out of the way at the last minute and he lands uh, flush on his knees. It makes a hell of a racket. It does, does. It looks pretty damn jarring and painful. Yeah. Um, Devlin kept um, trying to attempt the uh, Spanish fly. A couple of attempts here. He, he got stopped in like um, on the top rope. Um, but he eventually did it, the uh, Spanish fly. And then after this, he took um, a package pile driver. Uh, to get the win in, a, I said it was around eighteen minutes. There was one spot in the match which I really did win at, where the I think it was Devlin went for a DDT on the edge of the. Uh, oh yeah, on the, the edge of the apron, and, and, and he kind of like he's crazy, grazed apron. it, and then went to the floor. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, where I was sitting, it was on the opposite side of the ring, so I couldn't see what fully happened, but. There was a very uh, audible gasp from the crowd, but yeah. thankfully both men were all right and carried on. Yeah. Um, no, but, nah, generally I thought, I said this was a four-stars match all the way. Yeah, I thought, was, on I, thought, I thought it was a really, really good, really solid opening. I mean, obviously, it's just an international match with, with you know, there's no backstory to it. Two guys that I'm very fond of. Uh, I'd, I'd definitely give it give it like a three point seven five. I yeah. thought it was a really good solid opener. I, I think he was it, it, to be expected on paper, weren't it? Oh yeah, yeah. When I saw the card, I, it was one of the matches I was looking forward to the most. Yeah. So after that, we could have gone home. Been <laughs> <laughs> happy. <laughs> um, so after this, we had a bit of a segment with uh, Martina, with uh, no fun done, Santos of the uh, anti-fun police and Detective Dan Barry who'd yeah. been drafted in for the evening as a special constable for the yeah, night. Yeah, I think they, they've they've put a bounty on Martina and uh, they were trying to find her even though uh, she's behind yeah. you. I did, I, did, I did feel though with this uh, segment that it did go a bit down like a wet fart in church. Yeah, slightly. I think the thing with comedy is... It's it's its placing on the card. It's Fight Club Probe, obviously, the main storylines. You've got Schadenfreude wreaking havoc. Yeah. And I think it's just like the tone of the show where yeah. you've got... You need a bit of comedy, really. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. And it is what it is, really. I mean, you, you're either a fan of the anti-fun police or you're not. Personally, I I like them. I think that they're, they're very good in ring. They're a great team. They've got a great dynamic. I think Martina, as far as in-ring works, improved tenfold, yeah. I think. As you've stated many a time, I think going to Japan served her really well. Uh, in-ring works absolutely superb. She's always had the character down. And it's it's just a case of uh, sensibilities. If you're into the comedy stuff, you would have enjoyed this. If you're not, you probably wouldn't have been. Yeah. Uh, well, generally, I am to the comedy stuff. Um yeah, anti fun police. I, I'm not like um, you know our friend, our good friend Shauna, who um, doesn't like them one bit. <laughs> um, but no, there's bits I do like about them. Um, there maybe a couple of bits I maybe don't like about them. But it's you know you can't love everything. I suppose not. 
Um, so after this, we had uh, singles action. Well, it was a bit of an open challenge. Uh, Mr. Gabriel Kidd come out. Your best mate. I know. I know you were looking over to me. I, I weren't ready to get me uh, kick pads on <laughs> for the evening and uh, whoop his ass. I'll, I'll I'll save that for a later date. Um, so. Gabriel, who's been on a bit of a winning streak in Fight Club Pro. He has. Um, offered an open challenge out to anyone in the back. And out comes Omari. Now, uh, Former did... Infinity Tournament winner, Omari. I know. Um, probably get on to that at uh, like the end of this match. But what what do we think of the match itself? I thought the match itself was great. It was a hard-hitting affair. Uh, you've got Gabriel Kidd uh, challen- uh, channeling his inner... Stan Hansen, JBL, yeah, uh, big hoss, bad guy, a lot of shit talking to the crowd. Uh, he's got one hell of a lariat on him as well. Uh, I thought, yeah, I, I was a big fan of the match. I thought Omari looked a lot better than he has recently. I thought there was a bit of fire within him. I mm-hmm. thought um, good comebacks from him. I'm, I'm a big fan of his finisher, kind of like an end of days if you're unfamiliar with him. Yeah, it is, yeah. I think it's called the Big O. The Big O. Yeah, I'm a Big O, but um, no, I used the Big O. Um, yeah, it was a very good match, I did think, but especially like the the crowd stood around me. I don't think we're invested in it one bit. Um, I don't it's personal preference for, with some people. Um I know uh, Ollie off Twitter, uh, he he said um, he felt this match should have been a scramble match. Yeah, it was strange because Fight Club Pro are usually known for having a scramble and it's not like there wasn't a lot of guys there that you could have used. You had people like Rory Gulak just yeah. stood at merch, scratching Mambo. his arse. Mambo. Chuck Mambo was there, uh, LK Mezinger, oh, Elijah. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there was other people there as well. I'm sure I saw uh, Talia Martin's in the uh, crowd all right chatting away she could have been used um but like you say my, my actual issue was the match wasn't the match itself it was more the finish and the results yeah um omari's not really been used to his maximum potential in fight club pro recently he's kind of been on the back burner with the whole schadenfreude thing he was used as kind of a, a sacrificial lamb Somewhat in the uh, beginning of that storyline where Walter beat him for his Infinity title. Yeah. And since then, you've not really seen him much. In fact, the only time you have seen him is uh, stamping fans' hands at the entrance gates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's gone from being the Infinity uh, champion, which is a a tournament that gives you a a future title shot opportunity, to ring crew. I I think the booking of Omar has been very bizarre recently and... uh, Gabriel Kidd's been on a, ter- a real tear as of late. I think he's won like three or so matches in a row. Said that, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, it was just the booking and the finish. It was strange that you had somebody so hot as Gabriel Kidd and somebody that's absolutely stone cold in, in far as, as win goes. Mm. And uh, Omari getting the win. I mean, there is the fact that Gabriel Kidd is going away to the LA dojo to uh, train with Shibata, so... Maybe it's a way of, of writing him off the show for a bit. Bit of a tail between the legs at the end. Hmm. Getting the old, ooh. Ah. did, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, I, I would have done the result the other way around. Or like you said, 
had a scramble match and and had Omari come out on top there pinning somebody else instead of Kid. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would have said with Omari. Now you've got the natural natural progression series coming up in uh, London, mm. and well, and he did. He did I'm sure he did one appearance, didn't he? It was last Before. year's national. Uh, was he yeah. in that? Yeah, he was in it last year. Right, and he, I think he lost in the opening round. Right, also it might have been to Ridgeway or something like that. I believe it was. Yeah. Right. No, but he. I was. I was just thinking to myself then, like, I. I forgot that he was in the natural progress. But, yeah. But, yeah. Thanks for that. But um, yeah, had forgotten he was in that tournament. Um, I think maybe a year, year and a half ago, you would have said this. He could be the next, like the next big old, but I do feel he has. Um, I don't know. It is it, it whether it's him, whether it's promotions. He seems to have like stagnated a bit. Yeah, and it's but, a shame because he's a nice lad. He's, yeah, he's got a kind of quiet charisma about him. He's a big lad. Yeah, uh, I think he's put a little bit of muscle mass on as well. He has. He? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a shame because, like you say, there's a lot of potential there, but obviously, uh. The powers that be at Fight Club Pro have other plans at the minute. Yeah. Um, oh, here's, here's the interesting one. Match number three, it was um, Kyle Fletcher versus Dan Maloney, the driller. Ooh, right. So, um, I put this down on my notes as one of the most disappointing matches I've seen in quite a while. From expectations, I thought, because I think like Dan Maloney over the last few months at Fight Club Pro has been getting the big, the big shove to at the top of the card. He's 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 looked good in like matches, especially like the Will Ospreay one, weren't it? Excellent, uh, yeah. Devlin, he faced. Yes. Um, I heard the Ricky Shane Page as yeah, well. Yeah, he, beat, that was he a, beat Ricky Shane Page in his own game in a death match. So yeah. So I thought this could be one where. Bloody hell, it looks good on paper, this, and like could see Dan getting the, another big big victory on the way to maybe facing Dave, uh, Mark Davis at a later date. But how did it turn out, Joe? Well, to be fair, I, I, I was with uh, Chris East and Alan Boone, of uh, Love the Graps fame, and they weren't very high on this match either. I'm a lot higher than a, the, a lot of people are on the match itself. I was more disappointed with the finish than, than anything else. I thought the match itself was fine. Uh, you've got two talents like uh, Kyle Fletcher, who himself's been having great matches against the likes of Pac. Uh, again, Will Ospreay saying that Will Ospreay could probably get a decent match out of you or me. Um, I doubt that. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> Not with my bloody knees. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean... There was a lot of stalling at the beginning from, from Kyle Fletcher. Obviously, he's the bad guy. He's got to go out to the the ring and, and powder and antagonise fans. It was slow getting started. I think once it did get started, it was decent. But again, I was not a fan of the finish. Uh, I'm never a big fan of, of count-out matches and results. But I think it was more the fact that that Maloney got distracted by Lycos and then as he was getting in the ring he kind of got tripped up on the apron by Fletcher who got into the ring before him I just for me the end he was very weak and I would have had Dan carry on his winning streak and beating another member of Schoudenfreude 
Now, I'm going to disagree with you. That's on, fine. On here. Um, I felt, and I know it was a slow and methodical pace, but the, the, the start of the match where Fletcher was sort of refusing to get in the ring and then it, it went on and went on. And then Maloney did the old Benny Hill round, round the ring chasing after him. Um, and then it went into more, it, it was worked like a, like a New Japan style, bits like slow and methodical. Um, I do feel with Kyle Fletcher though um, you know where he's supposed to be playing the baddie I didn't see much of it um, oh I did on his entrance especially when he confronted that little boy at the front well my thing is during the match and I said this to a couple of people last night I know like sometimes people like have a go at that, like the, you know like a family friendly show like with the baddie and they give shit to the crowd. And Kyle Fletcher was doing none of this during the match, I did feel. There were, there were nothing like... He'd be booting Dan Maloney and, like, well, Maloney's down. Fletcher should at least be giving, like, a subtle wink and a nod or, like, a gurn to the crowd saying, basically, fuck you and what To be you. fair... It, 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 does, it does feel at times that... Yeah, I I I am the baddie in this match, but I'm not gonna upset you because I want me twenty quid behind the merch desk after. It it it, 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 it does it didn't feel like an outright baddie. I do get what you're saying, and to a degree, I agree. I just think that when he is on it, there aren't many better at being a a despisable no, shit no, than Kyle Fletcher. I think he's a great heel. Don't 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 get me wrong. He's got one I, of them faces that you just I think he, I think he's a excellent talent and what have you, but I think is in great baddies, no. I think he's got one of them I think, I instantly think, hateable faces. But, but I mean when you're like comparing like baddies you seen like Gabriel Kidd in the match before and he was giving shit to the crowd and that's, for me, how you should do it, getting a reaction. There was a lot of points during this Fletcher Maloney match where it was just... The crowd were quiet, I did feel, and that was just due to the pace of the match and I, I didn't feel much interaction with the... Um, with, with, yeah, I just thought it just felt meh. The, I think, we, I think we can both agree at least on one thing that the, the finish of the, the match. The finish of the match was made Dan, Dan look an absolute plonker. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it was uh, Fletcher by count out here. Um, God knows where they go with Dan Maloney. And I, 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 think, I think their plan was right, we want Kyle to win, but we want to keep Dan strong, so we're not going to have him pinned. That's my theory on it. And I don't agree with it, but it is what it is. Yeah. Um well well after this we had um a beatdown of uh, Dan Maloney after Dunkzilla come out booting him in the cock and then uh right in the driller. Yeah. Then well I think I think he um got put through through something in the far corner because there were a lot of noise and banging going on. I didn't manage to catch what what Maloney had gone through. Oh, I couldn't see from my vantage point either. Um but yeah, this this like messed into the next match, which was Eddie Kingston um, against uh, Dunkzilla Mark Davis. Now Eddie Kingston, when he come out with his music, 
as he were fighting with Davis, he was like, he knew Jack from ECW had returned with the music <laughs> constantly playing. Um, this this was a very wild brawl, this. It was. Uh, as you can expect with Eddie Kingston yeah. matches. It was a title match, and uh, it was, uh, as is always with a... Uh, with Eddie, it was made no DQ on his request. Yeah. Which uh, returning referee Chris Roberts had a... Uh... He wasn't arguing with him, Well, was no, he? you weren't going to, were you? No, Mr Kingston, <laughs> you're not having no DQ. No, no Edward. <laughs> um, I felt, I do feel, I think this was so much better than the last time I saw Eddie Kingston against Jonathan Gresham. Um, yeah, it, it, well, it showed Kingston in a bit much better light. This it was more in his element, wasn't yeah. it? Um, whereas the Gresham match, I don't think it was no DQ. It just well, it was it just a straight in, wrestling match that ended in a bloody count. Yeah, um, we had um, well Davis getting the win here after he did like a huge pile driver through the table. He were on our side. Of yeah, the, uh, that was scary. I got a good video of it, and uh, yeah, he literally just went boom. <laughs> I mean, you've got two extremely large men doing a very dangerous spot from the apron to yeah. the outside through a table. Thankfully, it looked like both guys were fine. Uh, Eddie managed to walk off of his own mission, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, Davis got the win here. After, well, he chucked, he chucked Kingston back in the ring. Yeah. Pinned him. One, two, three. Um, was it for the title, this one? I'm pretty sure it was advertised before and as a title, title match. match. Yeah. Right. Um, very good hardcore match. Good, yeah. pl- good plunder match. Yeah. Lots of, uh, lots of stuff. Lots of... Oh, there was one very sickening steel chair shot. Yeah. To the head, which... Mm, the, you, you, not many people are fans of them, obviously. No, well, now, now, that, we nowadays. All, yeah, now that we all know the, the damage they can cause and... Yeah, yeah, it is what it is as far as them go. But yeah, they're both grown adults. It's up to them what they do. And yeah, it was a very decent hardcore match. Although you did know who was probably going to win. Yeah. Um, so after this, well, we went into the break. I don't know how long it was this time. Not as long. It felt, for, for Fight Club Pro standards, it was pretty short. Yeah. I think it was about half an hour. Yeah. Uh, so we return with um, six six man tag action. Yeah, uh, this was more than hype, which is uh, L J Cleary, Darren Kearney, and Nathan Martin against the Rascals who do this um, weird spider under the chin sign. Yeah. Not a clue what that fucking means. Send you send you <laughs> your um, answers on a postcard. Um, so it was Desmond Xavier, Zachary Wentz, and uh, Trey Miguel. It sounds like a, a rapper from, a, I don't know, the the 2000s. Um, so th- this went all over the... Well, a very good sprint match, this. Like, ten minutes long, everyone yeah. got the got the shit in. Uh, and it was what it needed to be. It was your archetypical super indie match. You had two trios from uh, two different backgrounds. You've got... Uh, more than hype, big on the Irish scene, OTT. Started coming over to the UK a bit more. They've appeared in Progress. Uh, they've appeared in, in a, my local promotion, Breed. Uh, you've got the Rascals, obviously, Impact Wrestling. And, uh, yeah, it was a very good trios match. Lots of great uh, 
three-man manoeuvres from both teams. Very uh, fast-paced, lots of flips, all the flips, and uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, lots of dives here as well. There was, <laughs> there was about a, a, a two-minute sequence where I think everybody did a dive. You like Billy Smart Circus, it was, weren't it? Yeah, uh, Jim Cornette would have fucking hated it, but <laughs> hey-ho, fuck Jim Cornette. Yeah. Um, no, I thought this was maybe my favourite more than hype match that I've seen. Yeah. Because, I, you know, I'm not a big, uh, not been the biggest fan of them. Yeah, uh, I think their last couple of performances in Breed have been um, a lot better. Uh, I think it's just getting used to the characters, getting used to their style of wrestling. Yeah. Um, a comment I made yesterday was it was a good match, but I wasn't that particularly emotionally invested. Yeah. Because I don't get to see the team that much. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not a massive Impact fan. I don't even know what bloody channel it's on over here these days. Oh, God. Uh, Pit TV or something. Pit TV, yeah. That oh, don't... no, it's not. It's on um, Showcase. I don't even 192. Think... I don't even think I have that channel. Oh, I don't have Sky, so there you go. Yeah. And uh, more than I, like you say, I'm getting more used to them now. I'm getting used to their dynamic with each other, their, their tandem offense. Uh, like you say, it was a good match. It was a, a very good opener to the second half. Yeah, it was much needed, I think, to bring the crowd back up a bit. Um, so after this, we had... Oh, no, uh, the result of the last match was the uh, Rascals getting the win uh, with the push moonsault, which is a fuck... With um, Wentz and Xavier cracking manoeuvre. Yeah. How they do it um, to Nathan Martin to get the win. Um, I put second best match of the night, but well, obviously before like the last match had come up. Uh, so second last match of the night was the anti fun police uh, Los Federales Santos and No Fun Done against uh, Detective Dan Barry and Session Moth Martina. Uh, well, it started off like Dan Barry had uh, captured Martina, but then the anti fun police weren't giving. Um, Dan Barry any any money as a reward. So, yeah, this turned into a, a tag team match. And you know what? This this went better than I thought it would. Yeah, um, like you say, you might not have been a fan of the, uh, the comedy or the roots that we got to the actual match, but the actual match itself had a lot of fun spots in. I think... Um, Martinez suplexing Santos from the top rope was it? Yeah, he did. Yeah, quite impressive. Yes, Sorry. Uh, yeah, like you say, it was kind of a, a throwaway match, but it was it, enjoyable nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, so we had uh, well, it was like a double pin here. We had uh, Barry doing a moonsault slam to uh, Damien Dunn, and uh, Martina doing like a, a cradle power bomb, a crucifix bomb. To uh, Santos and they um, got the double pin. Uh, very fun comedy match. Uh, yeah, much better than I thought. I would yeah. say, good uh, six, seven out of ten. I would give it. Uh, so main event time, uh, we had. It was Chris Brooks of Schadenfreude fame against um, NXT UK champion. Boo. Uh, it was uh, none other than the uh, ring general, Volta. Indeed it was. And uh, 
The match got off to an absolutely tremendous start when a Lycos booted ring announcer, Fraser Thomas, who uh, won 15 grand on the chase. He did, yes. Fair play to him, uh, but he got booted in the bollocks by Lycos. Uh, Lycos went on to uh, give the uh, mic to Chris Brooks. Uh, Walter, former member of Schadenfreude, got booted out by the gang a good few months ago when he signed that WWE NXT UK contract. Uh, Brooks was saying, oh, look, it was nothing personal. I think he was trying to uh, butter uh, Walter up a bit. Well, I did think he was trying to butter him up a bit until uh, he told him to fuck off back to his shed in Enfield, obviously referring to the uh, NXT UK Performance Centre, and uh, proceeded to call him a uh, Dominic Mysterio-looking motherfucker, which uh, got the big boot from Walter, who uh, then proceeded to hit the biggest 619 I've ever seen in my life. And then he he hit a big splash off the top rope, a a la Rey Mysterio, like a rocket launcher. All it was missing was the West Coast pop. Yeah. Oh, God. (laughs) Could you imagine? Oh, fuck me. The biggest (laughs) West Coast pop ever. That'd be be a three and a half litre bottle of pop. I think uh, you've got to give a big shout out to uh, J-Mo... Uh, Comey Chimmel on uh, Twitter because I think he was the one that posted that uh, Walter looked like Dominic Mysterio and since then everybody's been using it and he's not been getting the credit that he deserves so uh, Comey Chimmel on uh, Twitter well done Um, but I know you put a tweet out Abbas but what about the person who put a tweet out a minute before you yeah he got about 1000 likes and I'm only on 460 Hang your, hang your head in shame, others. One minute too... Hey, my fault for actually watching the match, eh? I know. What a, what a dick. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, no, this was this was a wild, this match. Well, you had all the schadenfreude at, at ringside. Walter gave them the run around yeah. to start off with, and then he got, well, numbers advantage. Like, Brooks got in control, and then... Walter like got back on top. There was bits where like I know we were fearing for your life after a guardrail went flying. Yeah, Walter decided to just chuck a, a guardrail about, which missed me by about three or four inches. I had to duck, uh, but uh, unfortunately for Chris Brooks, I think it hit him. Uh, Chris Brooks really did put in a shift last night. Some of the chops that he got from Walter were absolutely ridiculous. Uh, I spoke to Brooks at the merch table afterwards. He didn't speak much back, did he? No, he couldn't. He <laughs> couldn't speak because um, he, he told me from screaming all the way through the match. Uh, his chest looked like hamburger meat. Uh, if you remember the uh, match with Walter and, and PCO at WrestleMania weekend a, co- a couple of years ago, I mean, like Davis as well. Yeah, his his chest was an absolute mess. So uh, yeah, happy birthday, Chris Brooks. His birthday. It's his birthday today, yeah. All right. I'll tell you what, all the best people are born in August. Oh, God, here we go, Jesus. Mark Davis, he was born in August. Who else? Chris Brooks. Who else? And me. Yeah, there we go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and there were there were a point during this match, after the, uh, like the throwing of the barrier spot where they come round to our, uh, like my section... And Walter said, move, move. And everyone, like, parting of the season, he just flung Brooks through chairs and fuck me. Uh, Like Joel said, uh, Brooks put an absolute shift in here. 
Um, and Walter as well, you know, it's a week away from takeover and he, he brought brought his working boots. Oh, wow, yeah, I'll give, I'll give him that. Uh, but this match, it went on for a good 15, 20 minutes easily. The thing is, it didn't feel like it, though, No, did it, it didn't. Which is it's a sign of a good match. Very good match. Uh, but this is where um, the runnings galore happened. Brilliant. <laughs> um, so we had, um, well, all the schadenfreude got in. and Well, first of all, you had uh, Walter was close to getting the win. Lycos pulling the referee out yeah. and uh, kneeing him in the face. So that was the end of Roberts. Yeah. Uh, Purser come out um, when um, they, they had the pin, weren't it? Yeah, he laid, he laid uh, they all ganged up on Walter, laid him out. Yeah. They were calling for the referee. Shea Purser sprinting down one Two stopped, started attacking Chris Brooks. Then uh, his dad come out, Joel Allen. Yeah, who uh, proceeded to uh, take his shirt off and then super kick like us. He did, yeah. <laughs> um, and that's where it all broke down. Then from uh, well, it ended up in a no, <laughs> it was like a no contest. So yeah, like Shardin Freud... probably because all the referees were dead. Yeah, <laughs> they, they got double tombstone, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Fucking! What happened then? I'm trying. No, no, I'm just. I'm just. I'm just trying to get my head around. So, like, Shaden Freud had got on top, and then yeah, the, 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 the characters, the cavalry come down. Yeah. I was like saying to our corner, like, fucking hell, Stone Cold will be coming out soon, Zaki. <laughs> and uh, so we had oh, Margera come out, yeah. weren't it? Um, couple of ring crew and couple tradies. of ring crew, yeah. Uh, my, Dan Maloney, he come out. Yeah, Clint Clint Bajera came out, but he accidentally cut himself with a pizza cutter. Yeah, because we found out last night that he'd had a pizza cutter around his neck, and uh, yeah, he dropped it and somehow then he sliced his his finger finger off. off. Yeah. Uh, God, on the outside as well, we had that um, ring crew member. Do like a moon so he's that one who was old Mary's friend in a breed. Jack Ball. Jack Ball yeah. having a ball, literally. Uh, you had a G Man in his IVs. G Man in his IVs, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Stone Cold, Martin Zaki. Yeah, oh Zaki come down, <laughs> yeah, like looking like he was carrying two rolls of carpet or one under each arm. <laughs> Um, Walter recovered, and you what? had oh, you yeah, had the two you had like the, the two guys that that were beating the shit out of each other. Walter and Zaki, yeah. a couple of months ago, now teaming up against Shadow Freuder. Yeah, Walter did like a bloody uh, you know like a razor's edge to one of them, and just oh yeah, he picked up Shea Purser and did, used yeah. him as a weapon. Yeah, on everybody that was on the outside. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that happened. Um, Shadow Freuder ended up on top though. At one, at one stage, numbers game, and then um, what? What? What's this sound that comes? It's it's love is blindness by uh, Jack, Jack White. White, yeah, and out pop Trent Seven, big pop, big pop, out pop uh, little tr- little Trent Seven, Tyler Bate, Tyler Bate, big pop, yeah, and out comes uh, uh, Bruiserweight Pete Dunne, Road Warrior pop, yeah, fucking hell. Literally, they lost the shit, didn't they, last night? Yeah, for those of you that don't know, um, British Strong Style were banished from Fight Club Pro. They lost the Loser Leaves Fight Club Pro match. Forever. Forever. Which means in Brit Rest, the back a year later. Yeah, basically. 
Um, but no, it was a great moment. It got the crowd on their feet. Uh, British Rock style came down and there wasn't really any fight. Schadenfreude just kind of slipped off. out of the ring and, yeah. and hightailed it out of there, didn't they? So did Walter as well. Yeah, well... He can't be seen with Tyler Bate. Yeah, he can't be seen place. with Tyler Bate helping him out when they've got a big match next week. Yeah. Um, yeah, the pop for pretty strong style. But, yeah, they'll, they'll be seen. I think to a lot of the current audience with um, UK wrestling, they're seen as the uh, the three people who... Built the scene. Who built the scene, not Zach, Marty and Will, who'd probably be my people. I'd put Jimmy Havoc in there as well. And Jimmy well. Havoc, yeah. Um, they certainly helped. Oh, yes. Certainly yeah. a massive yeah. part. Yes, definitely. And I don't I don't think you could argue that Pete Dunne's probably the biggest name in British wrestling at the minute. I think there's only Will Ospreay <laughs> that comes close to him, to be fair. Yeah, would agree with that. Um, well, he's got, he's got, I think, the like the birth of British Strongsdale brought a lot of... The, the, the old WWE UK tournament brought a lot of people in. Oh, wow, and that's yeah. Who, like, Pete Dunne and, like, Tyler Bay and Trent Seven, because they're the three main, like, figureheads. Yeah. And can only be a good thing in that, in that sense. Oh, but, wow, yeah, definitely. And I know people have the reservations about WWE UK and... What it, what it means, but hey ho. Yeah, it was announced at the uh, the end of the night that uh, Trent Seven got on the mic and and said that they were going to take on a shouting Freuder in a death house. Yeah. To which uh, Pete Dunn turned around and kind of went to the crowd. Don't don't tell Uncle Paul. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because, uh, well. I think me and you both been to. Have you been to both of them? I've been to both. Of them. I went I to was, the second the one. The first one when the curtain come down. Yeah. Was yeah. What a night that. I was. went to the uh, second one, which was equally as violent. Uh, for those of you that don't know what Death House is, it's essentially uh, a ring full of things that are very sharp and that can hurt you. Uh, stuff like light tubes, uh, carpet gripper rods. Uh, glass, glass tables, a big fuck-off scaffold that somebody usually falls off and goes through stuff at the end. Yeah, uh, yeah they're not the safest of matches, which is why they do them only once a year. So uh, I'm sure that WWE will be absolutely delighted that uh, three of their big guys in the NXT UK division are possibly going to be taking part in such a match. Well, thing is, they didn't exactly say the names... No, what he just said yeah. he's leading the team. Yeah, Trent Seven. Well, maybe it's just Trent. You don't know, do you? Because I'm sure Ricky Shane Page were on the last run in, weren't he? Yeah. Last so was Clint Majera. So was Martin Zaki. So, so was Dan Maloney. Yeah. So we don't know the exact team, but maybe it's just Trent. Yeah. Maybe they just see him as a, the expendable one. Yeah. <laughs> they don't mind him getting cut to pieces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's. It, well, you just have to wait and see, I do think. Uh, but no, great angle to, to end the show. Yeah, um, fantastic. I think the second half much uh, better, much outstripped the uh, first half. Yeah, I'd agree with for that. Me. Um, solid, I'd say six and a half, seven out of ten show for me. I would probably go the same. I would definitely give it a bit of a six and a half. Yeah. Um, I think match of the night was Jordan Devlin and uh, Bailey. Um, I think Walter Chris Brooks was in there. Yeah. 
Uh, if it had a, a, a full conclusion, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Very good match, and also more than hype against uh, the Rascals. Um, so if you're checking out checking Fight Club Pro out on the VOD, go and check their matches out. Probably skip Carl Fletcher and uh, Dan Maloney for me. Um, I did feel though, like at the end of the night, with uh, I know Dan Maloney got the like the the last bit where they did the entrance for him. I think his stock went down tonight. Yeah, I think they kind of hurt him by not going. Out. I don't think it would have hurt. Kyle Fletcher, because he's a tag team champion, it wouldn't have really mattered if Kyle lost. Yeah. There was a lot of strange booking on that show, especially in the first half. Yeah. But like you say, I thought the second half was absolutely fantastic. Even the matches that weren't so good, I don't think you can fault any of the wrestlers' uh, endeavour. I thought uh, Gabriel Kidd and Omari put in a great shift, thought it was a good match. I thought Kyle Fletcher and uh, Dan Maloney put in a lot of effort in their match as well. I think the main issue for me was some of the booking in that first half. But uh, second half, absolutely superb stuff. But I think, it, I was saying in general, I think Fight Club Pro has been very good for the last uh, six to eight months. Yeah. It's been one of my favourites to come to. Most definitely. Um, because thing is, I don't go to many of the big promotions <laughs> Because <laughs> um, I get me fix on the undergrads, but now Fight Club Pro, I, I, I do go to. Um, I've been to most of their shows recently and fully enjoyed it. Uh, so yeah, um, I went for a pint in the Gifford after with uh, Andrew Carberry and Dylan Shah. Just had a quick pint in there. My expectant father was outside, others saying, "Are you not bloody coming home yet?" Um, so now we went back to the Novotel. I'd, well, I had a drink at the bar. Uh, yeah, got to bed about quarter to one. Yeah, long evening, but hey-ho, good evening. Uh, so, yeah, that that's it for the Fight Club Pro Rise Against review. Uh, so where can we follow you, Abbas? Uh You can follow me to Spoons and then to uh, Spotland for a bit of football. Yeah, you're, you're, it's Rochdale Blackpool today, so after we've done this recording, I'm going to break, uh, well, beat him up. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but no, uh, if you're going to look for me on Twitter, uh, at Others Chairs. And uh, if you want to follow my YouTube page, that'd be lovely. Just uh, look for tables, Others and Chairs. Good stuff. Uh, you can follow me as ever at Oggy Part Three, O G G Y P E R T Three. Um, also, check out me uh, usual stuff on uh, Pulse Wrestling every month. Twenty minutes of me talking about the undergraps to um, a Canadian audience who don't know what's going on. Uh, <laughs> and also check out Graps and Claps Audio, where you can uh, listen to all the old episodes of uh, me, RGF. And a gang of uh, followers talking mainly in pubs about the uh, shows, what we've been to see. So, there you go. So, I, I will come back. Um, it'll be tomorrow with um, our Jeff returning with a review of Breed Wrestling in Sheffield taking place at the Hex. Um, sadly, I'm not there. Obviously, I'm at the uh, football. But, uh, yeah, our Jeff will be uh, reporting back with his findings. That should be interesting. <laughs> um, yeah so there you go until next time this has been a Graps and Claps Audio goodbye
A massive thank you there to Andrew Ogden. Uh, urge you all to check out Graps and Claps. A really good, uh, irrelevant look at the UK scene uh, through the eyes of a degenerate gambling alcoholic. Uh, only joking, Andy. Love you, really. Uh, we're going to take a short break. When we get back, we're going to be reviewing Progress Chapter 94, Physician Heal Thyself. We're coming back. Hey guys, Big Joe from Turnbuckle Talk here, and you're listening to Tables, Athers, and Chairs here on the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. Last Sunday saw Progress Wrestling's Chapter 94, Physician Heal Thyself, live from the Electric Ballroom in Camden, London. Uh... The main takeaway from this, there's quite a few empty seats, uh, lots of contributing factors to this. Uh, Some will say that it's a downturn in Progress's fortunes, which I can understand where the uh, argument might be coming from there. They uh, lost a lot of star power with a lot of NXT UK guys not being able to perform. Uh, Your likes of Pete Dunne, Tyler Bate, Uh, there was no Jordan Devlin or Travis Banks on this card either. Uh, regulars uh, on the Progress roster from uh, years gone by. But uh, I think also you've got to bear in mind it was the bank holidays. Uh, Still a lot of uh, families away on holiday with their children. Uh, If you lived up north, you would have struggled getting to the chapter as there was a train strike down in London. Uh, Luckily for me, I go in the car. Uh, Also, London Carnival was on, so it was very busy around the streets of London. Um... And uh, it didn't sell out, which means those that had season tickets uh, couldn't resell them. You can only resell Progress tickets if it's a sellout. Thankfully, it looks like Progress Management have addressed that situation. Uh, An email sent out to all season ticket holders today saying for the remainder of this year, if you can't make it and it doesn't sell out, you can still sell on your season tickets. So, good to see that common sense prevailing there, and a well done to progress management on that one. The main theme running out this uh, chapter was the women's tournament. Uh, they were doing a women's title tournament to decide who would go on to face Mako Satamora at Alexandra Palace in a few weeks' time. At uh, chapter 95, still chasing. Uh, the women involved in the tournament were as follows. You had a defending champion, Jordan Grace. Uh, she was defending her championship in the semi-final against Danny Luna and uh, Shakara. She was facing Nina Samuels, uh, a late replacement for Candy Floss, who uh, was unfortunately ill. Uh, best wishes to Candy Floss. Hopefully she's uh, feeling better soon. Um, so yeah, the uh, tournament kicked off with Nina Samuels versus Shikara. A really good, solid opening match here. Um, I'm a big fan of Shikara. I think her facial expressions absolutely gold. Uh, she's really good uh, uh, selling a move, uh, selling shock exacerbation if somebody kicks out. Uh, big fan of Shikara. Shelly Young, I think she's 18, 19 years old. Uh, she's got a very bright future ahead of her. Uh, unfortunately, wasn't to be for her today. Uh, Nina Samuels winning via roll-up. 
Uh, the next match was the second semi-final, where uh, Jordan Grace defended her title against Danny Luna. Uh, Danny Luna, a uh, hometown girl from Camden herself. A uh, really good physical affair. Uh, two big women. I don't mean that in a derogatory term. I mean strong uh, very hard-hitting affair, as I said. Danny Luna, she's got bags of potential, but unsurprisingly, uh, Jordan Grace coming out victorious here with the pump handle driver. Uh, next up, a tag team action. Uh, the South Pacific Power Trip, the team of Niwa and TK Cooper, uh, they took on a returning anti-fun police, uh, Chief Deputy Dunn and Los Federales Santos Jr., uh, this was a great match. I really enjoyed this stuff. Uh, the South Pacific Power Trip ended up winning with a, a spike pile driver slash top rope drop kick combo on a to a Chief Deputy Dunn. Uh, as I said earlier, there was no Travis Banks with the uh, South Pacific Power Trip. Uh, probably because I don't think NXT UK guys uh, can, can contractually compete. Uh, a week before events, obviously NXT UK takeover happening in a couple of days. So no Travis Banks, uh, along with his Kiwi comrades. A very fun match with a few shenanigans, uh, considering it was an anti-fun police match. Uh, nothing really to be surprised about there. Uh, Santos going for a forward roll mid mid-match, uh, in which he nearly struck the referee Paz who uh, did a forward roll at the same time to get out the way. Uh, that got a big pop from the crowd. Uh, I think Santos saw that as a little bit too much fun and uh, pulled out the finger gun. Uh, Niwa taking the chance to attack Santos from behind. And uh, South Pacific Power Trip nearly, really never lost control from uh, that point. Uh, there was a great spot where uh, Deputy Dunn was about to do his uh, middle rope spring lung buster only for a Niwa to hit him mid-air with a spear. Uh, short match, but a really fun match. Uh, two tag teams really on the up. Hopefully, we'll see more of the uh, anti-fun police. It was their first time back in progress for a while, but uh, despite losing, a very, very strong showing. Uh, the next matchup uh, was Paul Robinson taking on present William Eva of uh, the Do Not Resuscitate faction. Uh, it was supposed to be Lucky Kid in this match. Uh, unfortunately, Lucky Kid having travel issues from Germany. Uh, this match was decide who would go in as number one and who would go in as number 30 in uh, the Alexandra Palace Proteus Royal Rumble style match. The uh, Proteus title is a new title that Progress are bringing into the company as of chapter 95, still chasing. Uh, the winner of the title dictates what rules they have. So if Paul Robinson wins, he might decide he wants every match to be a street fight. Uh, he might decide that every match wants to be a dance-off. If you saw his uh, performance as, uh, I think it was some Patrick Swayze knockout um, on uh, their uh, 1986 show. It was quite entertaining. Um, anyway, back to this match. Uh, it was won by uh, present William Eva, uh, winning with a Crucifix Powerbomb Razor's Edge type manoeuvre. Uh, good match, fun stuff. Obviously, outside the ring, you had a uh, TK Cooper, not TK Cooper, sorry, uh, Spike Trevay 
and Chuck Mambo uh, acting as distractions. It was basically a three-on-one match with uh, Robbo fighting the three members off of Do Not Resuscitate at various times throughout the match. Uh, very interesting to see Paul Robinson as a fan favourite. Uh, I guess he kind of turned after his uh, little speech that he gave before his match with Walter, a uh, match that he also uh, very narrowly lost to the big guy. Uh, it, yeah, it, it's strange, but he seems to have garnered a lot of fan support. And uh, it'll be interesting to see Paul Robinson as a face going forward. Uh, so, present William Eva, he'll be entering the Proteus Rumble. At number 30, Paul Robinson, if he wants to win it, he's got to do it all the way through from number one. Next matchup, we had Aussie Open taking on Do Not Resuscitate, the team of Spike Trevay and Chuck Mambo. Uh, this match was for number one contendership for the Progress Tag Team titles, currently held by the Grizzled Young Vets. Uh, I believe that this match will be happening again at Alexandra Palace. Uh, Aussie Open winning with a double pump handle slam. A uh, long match that started kind of as a squash by a DNR. Uh, by Aussie Open, uh, eventually Eva came out and, uh, well, I'd say even the scores, but tip the uh, balance into the favour of Do Not Resuscitate. Uh, they got control for a bit. Uh, Trevay eventually getting a bit frustrated that they couldn't put them away with a numbers advantage and uh, ended up punching referee Joel Allen in the face. And uh, all three members, Do Not Resuscitate, getting in the ring, giving them a beat down, but then Paul Robinson runs down for the save to even the odds. And, uh, yep, Aussie Open gained control. Pulled off the victory and it will be them on their way to Alexandra Palace for a tag team title match with the Grizzled Young Vets. Next up, we had Eddie Kingston taking on Chris Brooks. Uh, the winner of this match getting to decide the rules, the stipulation of the match between CCK, the team of Chris Brooks, Jonathan Gresham and Lucky Kid uh, against LAX. Uh, LAX and Eddie Kingston, of course, at the uh, Natural Progression Series on September the 14th at the Electric Ballroom the day before uh, Alexandra Palace and Chapter 95 still chasing. Uh, this match started very much in a wild brawl uh, all over the arena. Uh, at one point, Eddie Kingston decided to go over to Chris Brooks's merch table uh, dumping all of his merch onto the floor, uh, bringing the table into play. Unfortunately for him, he got suplexed onto it. Didn't land flush on it, kind of only caught his calf and was limping for the rest of the match. Uh, they must have brought for a good five, ten minutes outside of the ring. And uh, Chris Brooks getting yeeted uh, all the way across the chairs. Uh, Eddie sternly telling people to move parting of the season and really getting chucked about all over the chairs. Absolute carnage. Uh, eventually, after about 10-15 minutes, the match got in the ring and the bell actually rang. Uh, Eddie Kingston, in the end, coming out victorious uh, via count-out, which is kind of ironic, seeing as Eddie Kingston lost a match to uh, CCK stablemate Jonathan Gresham in Manchester via count-out. 
uh, Chris Brooks put out on the stage. Uh, Eddie Kingston managed to get back, beating the 10 count there. Uh, the stipulation was indeed picked by Eddie Kingston, and uh, it is going to be no count out. It's going to be no DQ. It's going to be a street fight at the Electric Ballroom on the 14th of September, and uh, very much looking forward to what possibly could be one of the uh, last LAX appearances before they sign for a certain company. Next up, it was the final of the women's tournament. Jordan Grace taking on Nina Samuels. Uh, Very predictable here. It was a Nina Samuels uh, on the end of a pump handle driver and a, a win for Jordan Grace who will now go on to face Mako Satamora at Alexandra Palace, still chasing on September the 15th. Um, in retrospect, I'm not sure that this match should have been the main event. I thought the brawl between Brooks and uh, Eddie Kingston was fantastic, but I suppose you've got to have a title match. Uh, End out your show, and uh, with Walter, the Progress Champion, not being available, with the Grizzle Young Vets, the Tag Team Champions, not being available, uh, it fell to the Women's Championship to be the spotlight of attention. I think it's the first time that there's been uh, three women's matches on a Progress uh, chapter. Um, The women have closed out the show before, uh, most notably... When Ginny defeated Tony Storm for the uh, Progress title in Manchester, I do believe it was. Uh, but yeah, um, a really solid event. Uh, a lot of people, obviously, few raised eyebrows at the uh, empty seats. But I thought that this chapter developed, uh, delivered. It helped develop a few storylines. We know a lot of the matches now going into Alexandra Palace. Uh, Special shout-outs to the two tag team matches. Uh, I thought they were both great fun. Uh, sorry to the anti-fun police there. I'm sorry they were they were satisfactory. Not fun at all. No fun. Nada. And, uh, yeah, Chris Brooks versus uh, Eddie Kingston. A very fun old-school brawl all the way around the building. Uh, that was great stuff, and I can't wait to see more of the same. September 14th, when LAX take on CCK. When we come back, we're going to have a very special guest talk about RevPro's Summer Sizzler and New Japan's Royal Quest from the Copper Box. We'll be back. Yo, this is the independent David Starr, and you're listening to Tables, Athers, and Chairs. Yo, this is Haskins, and you're listening to Tables, Athers, and Chairs. What's up, guys? This is the Aerial Assassin, Will Ospreay, and you are listening to Tables, Athers, and Chairs. I'm Sammy Callahan, and you are listening to Tables, Athers, and Chairs on HTM Network. Welcome back to the show. Uh, It's going to be a very busy weekend in the uh, UK scene. Uh, Three big events all kicking off this weekend. Uh, We have Summer Sizzler from RevPro. Uh, New Japan have their Royal Quest show from the Copper Box. And uh, NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff taking place at the Motor Point Arena, funnily enough, in Cardiff. Uh, To talk about two of the three events, we've got a very special guest with us from uh, Grapple Spotlight. It's Mr. JP Hulan. Hello, Joe. How are you, mate? I'm very good, mate. How are you? 
Not well. I have to admit, it, 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 at time of recording, it's absolutely sweltering heat. So uh, I, I feel like I've it need, I, a good rain would sort a lot of things out. But other than the oppressive heat today, all good. Oppressive is a very good word for it. It has been yeah. absolutely brutal the last few days. I felt like I was going to melt in the electric ballroom at uh, Camden on Sunday. Mm. Very, very warm. Uh, very hot. And uh, us, us Brits, we're not really used to nice weather, are we? We're not. And we do love a moan about it as well. It's terrible. Fantastic stuff. Um, you will be at two of the big shows this weekend, will you not? Mm. I will, actually. Um, three, if you include the cockpit show on the Sunday um that ref pro are doing so it's like a real packed weekend for me but the big two shows the summer sizzler on the friday and royal quest on the saturday i'll be uh, i'll be at both of those excellent i will be at the first one i will be at summer sizzler friday night at york hall and uh, we're going to go through the card um mm. kicking off with a young lions match uh, gabriel kid will be taking on sean jackson your thoughts on this one um, I haven't seen I haven't seen much of Sean Jackson, I must admit. But Gabriel Kidd is someone who I know you'll be familiar, very familiar with. Very familiar. The, yeah, from a lot of the pro- local promotions uh, around by you. He's he's a real like sort of seasoned worker. He um, and he certainly over the last couple of years started to get the um, build his name up, build himself up as a wrestler as well. Within Rev Pro Canon, he's uh, one of the the young lions coming through, and um, he obviously he won. Um, one of the matches he he won at uh, the Manchester show they did. And that sort of meant that he was going to go over to Shabazz Dojo in LA. So he's someone who I think there's a kind of much longer term sort of project with him, but he appears to be someone who's definitely, you know, moving up the card in Ref Pro. And um, yeah, it, hopefully it'll be the opening match and it'll be like the last show. Um, where it's sort of like a nice, easy open, starting off with a Young Lions match. I'm quite a fan of that. Great stuff. Um, next up, uh, singles action. We've got Rob Lyos taking on TK Cooper. I think mm-hmm. this storyline's been uh, bubbling over quite nicely over on the uh, cockpit shows, for those of mm-hmm. you uh, that aren't aware. Would you like to uh, fill us in on the story? Yeah, so they've had this uh, storyline with TK Cooper sort of building himself up. Um, Rob the Goblias, um, who we've both seen in, in Riptide and in um, Rev Pro as well, has kind of become a lot more established, certainly over the last six months. He was another one who came sort of through the um, the Portsmouth School of Wrestling, the, the Rev Pro Academy. And uh, as part of the storyline for this, um, he's, he's cost sort of TK Cooper victories, whilst also he uh, started insulting him, getting very personal with the insults, referring to his... Uh, relationship or lack thereof um so they've sort of been playing into this being a bit more heated i wonder with this match whether or not they're going to kind of have a lot more of a brawl um it's the kind of matchup where i think it might do well to get over like that and i've liked what i've seen of tk cooper recently and as someone who's you know hopefully having his his kind of character and his stature rebuilt with um, some good matches. A good heated brawl here would be, the, for me, the right thing to do. 
Wasn't there an incident involving a brick at the last uh, cockpit show? Oh, there was. Sorry about that, Joe. Completely forgot about that. Yes, uh, Rob Lyas hitting TK Cooper over the head with a brick. Um, that's awesome. As it's far a as good, angle it's goes. a good job he's Samoan. He is. Um, <laughs> exactly. But that's like a kind of good 1980s Memphis-style angle, um, which I'm all for those. I like that retro stuff. So um, it's been... a. It, it's been one of these that if you follow the cockpit shows, one of these matches, that it'll be something um, where you get that kind of storyline in there. I imagine for a lot of the live crowd who may not be as familiar with this, it's about how to get them involved in it straight away. Unless Rev Pro start doing things like using I know, video packages and, and whatnot before the matches to be able to sort of introduce people into some of these storylines. Good to see uh, two British-based wrestlers appearing on the uh, big York Hall shows. We know how... Andy Quilden's a big yeah. fan of New Japan and usually uh, stacks it full, but obviously with the uh, Royal Quest the next day, they're a little bit light on New Japan talent. Yeah, this has been something that, I mean, this just sort of leads to the wider questions that have been about British wrestling at the moment. Um, it's good to see wrestlers who are who are part of the sort of um, independent scene within Britain, like TK Cooper, Rob Lyers, like Gabriel Kidd, or even the Sean Jackson. And I imagine there'll be a th- few in the six-man scramble as well um, that spread throughout the card, because I think that's the way that they need to go long-term. And business may be down in some respects, but um, as you will have uh, seen from the, the progress show that, that, that you managed to get to, in a way, this is the kind of landscape that we're in where you're going to see people put into higher profile matches on cards like these. And I'm all for it because this is the only way. It's kind of sink or swim. It can be a bit brutal, but I think overall it's the best thing. And if TK Cooper and Rob Lyers, for example, or, or MK McKinnon and Dan Maloney can have a really strong performance and make a name for themselves, that's for the betterment of them, it's the betterment of of uh people who bought tickets for future cards so it's something that's going to be necessary and, and to be honest with you when you've got a lot of those rev pro shows booked out with the big new japan talent there is sometimes where they are just phoning it in um i don't think you know on this card i'm more than happy with the sort of new japan representation that's here but i think you're not going to see that happen on the undercard. I don't think there's going to be a lot, any kind of phoning it in from anyone here because they'll all have something to prove in front of, uh, from what apparently is a sold-out crowd. Uh, you mentioned Dan Maloney and MK McKinnon. They're in a tag team action. Uh, they'll be taking on CCK in the form of Chris Brooks and Jonathan Gresham. Yeah. Um, really looking forward to this. MK McKinnon has been around um it feels like a fight club pro match this doesn't really yeah it, like so. it should be there certainly a match that's kind of developed in fight club pro but the sort of paths of how they're in ref pro is is kind of interesting so you've had gresham and brooks as as heel cck it'd be the first time i think the last time they that they managed that they had a match there it might have been the match against aussie open earlier this year which was a uh i was really disappointed by it but uh, um i expect good things out of this one partially because um mk mckinnon and dan baloney have really good as you'd expect from from guys who have trained together as well really good chemistry together as a team dan baloney in terms of his presence is really kicking it into gear and 
a promotion like this, and I think a tag team as well, is a really good way of introducing him because he kind of feels like much more of a wrecking ball. And it's a good contrast with MK McKinnon and the way he wrestles, which is much more of a ground-based game rather than aerial, even though he's not the biggest guy in the world. And I like the fact that you've got, in this match, you've got a real contrast of styles between them. Um, and I haven't seen Chris Brooks in a little while, so I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him and seeing um, how he's come on since um, his tour of Japan. Yeah, I think there's a lot to look forward in this match, and and hopefully it will be show a bit of sort of long-term solidity in the tag team division in Rev Pro. Well, you mentioned the tag team division in Rev Pro. Uh, we've been going through the Road to Royal Quest tag team tournament. And uh, mm. that reaches its conclusion on Friday when uh, Aussie Open, Carl Fletcher and Mark Davis will be taking on the Rev Pro Tag Team Champions, Josh Bodum and Char Samuels. The winners getting a crack at Gorillas of Destiny at Royal Quest for the IWGP Tag Team Championship. Are the Rev Pro titles on the line here as well? I don't believe they are. Ah, okay, okay. Well, okay, that's good. Um, yeah, this one, I don't know about you, were we assuming an Aussie Open win? I'd absolutely thought it was nailed on. Yeah. I don't, it, I don't mean that in any disrespect to Bodum and Samuels, no. who I've actually really enjoyed as a tag team. I have. I think they've Let's got a great be, dynamic. Yeah, I do as well. And, and the brawls that they've had... I think it is, and you you would have heard us say it's the Josh Bodum effect, where <laughs> clearly something about him rubs some everything everybody up the wrong way, but it makes yeah. them work that bit better. Oh, and yeah, I think yeah. there's been a lot of that in here. And I was saying earlier on about TK Cooper, Rob Lyers possibly being a brawl. This one could be fucking wild. Um, and I hope it is. Um, and obviously I hope Aussie Open win, because... And like you and like a lot of uh, fans of British wrestling, they deserve their chance at the big stage. And if they if they're going to be able to be featured on a big New Japan card against the IWGP Tag Team Champions, I'm quite excited for them to get that opportunity. Um, whereas you know Shah and Bodum, and let's be honest, you're not too sure how long Shah may or may not be around for, what the deal with the dark match was, if anything comes from it. Let's enjoy them while they're still together. Um, I'll say about the Bowden point as well. He has, it, A, it's, it's hard to imagine them winning because I don't know how Josh Bowden would be in a New Japan locker. Uh, <laughs> that could be a bit lively. Um, the, other thi- the, the, the other thing as well, is um, like Bodum, whoever he ends up tagging with, like even on his sort of random tags that he has. Like, I don't know if you remember the team he had with Zach Gibson before. Yes, I think I went to, were they teaming at an Epic Encounters not that long ago? I think so, yeah. Before uh, effectively exclusivity came into the yeah. into the mix. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's, you know, it, he can, he does bring something out in matches. Um I'm really looking forward to this one. I can see this one being the sort of first half main event that is a bit um, bit brutal. It'll get that bit of nastiness in and hopefully Aussie Open going on to Royal Quest. Next up, uh, Rev Pro Undisputed British Cruiserweight Championship match. 
Uh, El Fantasmo will be defending his title against Michael Oku. Mm. Um, and this was set up lovely with um, Oku getting a, a pin on Fantasmo at, at the cockpit. Um, uh, what, Michael Oku, uh, what can we say about him, Joe? He's he's, such he's having a, a pretty good year, isn't he? He's having a great year, and he appears to have his head screwed on. He seems to work really hard. Um, matches I've seen him in this year have always stood out. He's got presence. He's just a natural baby face. And Phantasmo, as much as I've, you know, there are aspects of his heel turn that I don't, that I'm not necessarily a fan of. Overall, as being as being a dickish heel, I think he's done a done a really good job. He made um, another gaff today on Twitter, apparently. I saw that. Um, well, yeah. not on Twitter. It got reported on Twitter that uh, after a match, he came out with uh, some not very nice comments about Will Ospreay. Yep, exactly. And do you know what? It's not a place you ever need to go to. There's no. loads of things you can say to get kind of heat. You don't need to go there. He dropped a similar gaff at... Um, Fight Club Pro uh, mentioning something that I'm not going to repeat about Travis Banks. Um, yeah. Suffice to say, it didn't make the VOD on Fight Club Pro. But yeah, uh, yeah I, I can understand what he's trying to do. It's just smarter ways of, of trying to get that heat. There is. And there's been ways he's managed to get it with actually his work in matches in New Japan, um, particularly in the best of the Super Juniors, where it was effective. I wasn't so mad about the sort of throwing hats stuff. But generally, like in terms of his mannerisms, the stuff he was doing in the ring. Um, Where do you stand on the flipping off babies? Uh, this is the weird thing. Babies aren't really cognizant of it happening. So in some ways, they can't be offended at all by it. I don't think that necessarily justifies uh, flipping off babies, though. Again, there's a load of things he could have done. Which would be nice if the baby was sleeping, for example, he could have made like a clap noise, wake it up just to be a complete arsehole or something along those lines. I might find that actually quite funny. Yeah, me too, that. probably. Uh, I probably would laugh at it. Yeah, yeah, it's flipping off babies, Jesus. Um, but as a match, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I would imagine Phantasmo wins. I would say it's too soon for Michael Oku to get this. Um, but I think the match should really be about possibly similar to the pack match where it was a lot of Phantasmo not taking Oku seriously and then Oku nearly getting the win and whether or not there's a time limit and they play into that. Don't know if they would go down that path again, but for me, that's kind of the match that I would look forward to seeing and Phantasmo threatening to do the really big high flying stuff and then refusing to do so and, and whatnot. I think there's, there's some interesting directions they can go with this, but hopefully, yeah, I would imagine Phantasmo wins. Yeah. As the uh, police helicopter circles outside of my house. They're on to you, a, mate. What a lovely area I live in. Uh, <laughs> tag team match, dream tag team match coming up here. Uh, mm. This team of Suzuki goon, Zack Sabre Jr. and Minoru Suzuki. They're going to be taking on the, well, the mega powers team of uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kazuchika Okada. How are you feeling about it? Have you seen Tanahashi and Okada before? I'm very much looking forward to it, as I have not. 
Uh, in in do you know what? Um, the only time I saw a card alive was the two New Japan shows they did, um, where they were kind of more really more like Rev Pro shows than anything else. But the one in Altrincham and the one they did in Milton Keynes, and they were they were on um, a card was on there. But Tanahashi, I haven't seen himself since uh, it'd be about twenty thirteen. And he was up against Marty Skull in Rev Pro, so I'm really excited about this. I'm excited about seeing Tanahashi for the weekend. Um, I don't know if you got to see it. This um, is a um, a rematch to the uh, G1 Climax Final. The uh, they had this tag before then, and the build up to it, and really it's like another further build up to the two big matches at Royal Quest um, yeah. that we'll that we'll talk about. But this is about seeing these guys in a relatively intimate environment like York Hall with that kind of big fight feel to them. Lots and lots of charisma going on, just commanding the room. It's more about kind of experiencing Okada and Tanahashi. It's the mega powers. And I'm absolutely fine with that. Um, So, yeah. In terms of who wins, I'd imagine it probably be Suzuki Goon again, um, simply to build up to the to the match tomorrow. I'm really looking forward to it. It did kind of feel like this was being put on because they kind of wanted to sell it out, and this is like a, the kind of big New Japan element to it. And I suppose I don't know how you feel about this, Joe. Seeing New Japan used in this way in order to kind of get the house in. I like the idea of this. So this kind of dream tag team match is good. It works in New Japan canon. It 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 follows a kind of natural path. I, how do you feel about this one? I think it's your vintage Andy Quilden dream factory match. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I'm very much looking forward to it. Like I say, I've never seen uh, Tanahashi or Okada live. It's, mm. you know, for me, one of the very rare opportunities because, uh, You'd say they're probably the elite guys in New Japan. And whereas they do have a lot of uh, New Japan talent on York Hall shows, they don't tend to um, bring out the, the real big guns. So, yeah, very much looking forward yeah. to it. It is, isn't it? I, I don't know about you, before that match, that match being announced has kind of changed my opinion on the card a lot. I think it being such a big <clears> match, and then along with the main event as well, it's. It feels to me like, and, it, and even to a degree with the the Royal Quest uh, tag tournament final on there as well. There's a lot of kind of it. It's got its star usage in the right place, but then they filled out the cards with lots and lots of younger talent that like we were saying earlier on. And if you are going to sort of grow for the future, this is the way to do it. And getting in Okada and Tanahashi and getting to see them that close up is, it's special. It really is, especially Tanahashi. What do you think the fan dynamic will be in that match? Because uh, even though uh, Suzuki Goon are definitely heels, uh, yes. there's a, usually a lot of love for them at York Hall. Yep, there always is. Always is for Minoru Suzuki, who's always worth it as well. Because you know, saying about uh, some New Japan talent come over, and it does feel like they phone it in. You never get that impression with Minoru Suzuki. And that's part of the reason, like him and Ishii, where they're kind of much more idolised over here. 
than perhaps other members of the roster would be. And I'd even go as far as saying like even a Naito to a degree. Um, here, I think what will happen is they'll be cheered throughout the entrance. Okada and Tanahashi will come out and Suzuki Gun will get that great heel heat in and they'll work it up. Zach will be a supreme dick and hopefully we'll get some mic time as well to be a supreme dick. And hopefully then it'll be a glorious kind of old school dream tag team match with a clear heel face dynamic. So I think, I know what I'm going to be doing. I'll be behind Okada and Tanahashi because, yeah, they're Okada and Tanahashi. Um, but yeah, I think this could be a hell of a lot of fun. And that takes us nicely to the main event, a career versus control of Rev Pro match. Mm. David Starr versus Will Ospreay. If David Starr wins, he is in charge of Rev Pro. If he loses, he's out of there. Yeah, and it's very hard to see that happening. <laughs> and it certainly shouldn't be the case. Um, it's a fascinating match, this. And it can go in a lot of different directions. And I have to say, it's been a little while since a kind of Rev Pro storyline. I'm trying to think of another Rev Pro storyline, which is a sort of Rev Pro main, like Rev Pro main event, which has these kind of stakes to it. Um, it's difficult because you've kind of got the hottest um, indie worker throughout sort of Europe versus someone who was that. And is now on his path to sort of New Japan greatness. Um, I think this could be great. I think this could have shenanigans galore. <laughs> um, I'm hoping David Starr wins because it would. I, I'm fascinated to see what they do. Rev Pro don't tend to do these kind of storylines, so it's an unusual path for them to go down but i'm kind of i'm again i sound very high on this card um and i am and this match i mean hope i'd imagine it would be going on last i could see all sorts of shenanigans i was talking about this with my um grapple spotlight um co-host uh joe uh rev joe who's absolutely convinced that chris roberts hasn't really left and that he will play a part in this and we might get Andy Quilden as special referee at some point if something happens during it. I think we could have Shea Purser involved. I think there could be loads of shenanigans that happen in this. And I think that's possibly the way, you, you know, I'm, I'm fascinated to see what happens here. Just from a, from a kind of storyline perspective and where they go with it. Um, yeah, I mean... I'm kind of looking at it from the opposite point of view that you are. I just can't see, although I, I think it'd be absolutely brilliant if they did. I just can't see them going through with the storyline of a, of a wrestler owning the promotion, sadly. Because like mm. you say, I think it has a lot of potential to be a very interesting times going forward for Rev Pro. Mm. It's, for me, they need something to kind of kickstart things again for Rev Pro as a promotion and in some ways this match has got that chance to do that where you've got you know someone like david Starr, sort of fiercely independent so you'd love to think you'd be able to kind of get him in for a good bit of dates someone who you know 
there's a good argument for whether or not he'd be the person to become Rev Pro champion and effectively kind of carry the company. I think he he's earned, almost earned the right to it. I, I think he'd be do great in that job. And in some ways, I I can see what you're saying. The idea of the sort of the wrestler owning the company stuff. I think it would, in kind of practical terms, it would just add a sort of it'd feel like a little bit sort of more chaotic on the other shows they run. And sometimes Rev Pro, one of the things they do is there's a kind of very much a kind of almost like a formulaic structure they go through with a lot of their bookings and their storylines. And they're very straightforward and they're kind of based around the live events. It's not to say that it's bad, but there's been an argument, especially not being able to use the kind of talent they can, that using you know, you, when they've got a chance to use a hot wrestler as the centerpiece of their company, they should really go with it and maybe start to look at changing directions. So, unlike you, Joe, I'm convinced what we're going to end up seeing is like possibly a repeat of what happened at the cockpit with Star and Phantasmo, where I could see the image of Andy Quilden hitting, meaning to hit David Star with a chair, hits Will Ospreay. Osprey goes down, Star covers him, Quilden's forced to count the pin, or some variant on that. That would be pretty dramatic. It 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 would do. And I think it would leave people wondering where the hell it is. I think Osprey could lose the match. And I don't think he loses anything in it, and especially he got a screwy finish as well. Yeah, plus he's hardly ever over here now, so Exactly. Yeah, there's there's nothing to kind of. I don't know what they can do with like his. I don't like the idea of saying that a wrestler's fired when you know really that they're not going to be fired as well. Whereas I find the other direction of it just a bit more intriguing, just from a storyline perspective. Absolutely. Uh, the next day is the big one. Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling Royal Quest. From the Copper Box, uh, I believe they've sold around 6,000 tickets last time I checked. Yeah, about 6,000 tickets. Um, that's what I've seen. There's still tickets up on Twickets as of recording today. Um, I am I can imagine it'll be pretty close to sell out. Certainly looking around the sort of 6,000 mark, I believe they've got it set up for somewhere around, um, I think it would be about seven 7,000 max if they were going to do it. But then you wonder if they'll have a screen or some sort of entrance way as well where they can corn it off. But um, it looks a fantastic arena. Um, have you had a chance to visit it yourself? I haven't visited. Uh, I saw it, obviously, during the uh, Olympics, mm. uh, the Paralympics as well. I think a lot of the wheelchair basketball was played there. Um, yep. Yeah, it looks a really good, a really good arena. Uh, the only problem I envisage is it's uh, on the same day that West Ham play at home. So it uh, could be a bit of congestion, yeah. bit of traffic. There will be. I'll be leaving it. And I don't know if you've heard about West Ham as well, but things can get lively there. Like I, I can well imagine. Yeah. Um, and you're right. It's right next door to it as well. Uh, it's like a really nice part of the world. Like normally, I, I went there during the Olympics myself. Um, hadn't been to the Copper Box before, but everything I've seen of it, um, prim- primarily on TV, it looks like it should look really good for a major production. If they can get some kind of screen in there as well, then I think it could look pretty great. It looks like it's well set up for a major wrestling show and a crowd around 6,000. Um, you know, that's 
that's good going for New Japan, who don't have any television presence in in this country. And you know, it's obviously with everything else going on that weekend as well. You know, still being able to kind of draw that kind of a house, and it, I'd imagine it would be bigger than what NXT UK are set up for in Cardiff. I'm not quite sure of the configuration. I guess we'll get to see on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, let's dive straight into the card, shall we? Mm-hmm. Um, it is a full New Japan card. Uh, oh, yes. Starting off with Taguchi, Shota Umino, and Ren Narita taking on Rapunki 3K, uh, Rocky Romero showing you. Yeah, this one, one of the things I wanted on, did you get a chance to go to the New Japan shows they did with Ref Pro before the Strong Style Evolve Tour? Sadly, I did not. One of the big complaints, you probably would have seen this, one of the big complaints about it is it didn't feel authentic New Japan. And by that, it meant that it didn't have the Japanese ring announcer or the, the Japanese canvas, and it didn't have young lions. Now, in this one, it, they've got two young lions in there, in Ren Narita and Shota Umino. And every New Japan card... Um, they're certainly the big cards, but regardless, they always have a couple of young lions who, um, just to explain, are uh, younger wrestlers who are going through their training at the moment, only allowed to use very basic moveset, can only wear sort of black trunks, black boots to begin with, and then over time they might graduate to getting knee pads. And Shotarumino is kind of like at the top end of those young lions here. So it, this match will be really good. Ren Narita was really good in the Best of the Super Juniors tournament as well. And he was um, a late replacement, I think, for Philip Gordon. Um, Rice Case Taguchi, there'll be lots of the sort of good comedy spots from him, which is a great way to open up the card. Show and Yo, um, Show in particular has that look of a real junior star about him as well. And you can tell that they're very high on him at the same time. Um, and Rocky Romero, uh, and and even Yo, he kind of gets somewhat sort of lost in the shuffle, but I thought he had a best, uh, good best of the Super Junior. And Rocky Romero, um, he also had a great best of the Super Junior tournament. So as far as a match like this goes, it'll be 10 minutes. One of the young Lions will either get pinned or submitted, but it'll be great fun for it being on. And it's like a really good kind of traditional open warm-up. So I'm I'm very pleased with that. Shota Umino, uh, best known for being the uh, straight man to uh, Moxley. And even, did you think to yourself, this guy's got, I'm I'm interested in him. He's got a bit of presence about him for Shota Umino. I just thought they were a great double act. It was, didn't you want to see him just going to, uh, going doing the indies with John Moxley? It'd be a laugh. When he gets to go on an excursion, I hope to God somebody decides to do that, to book him with John Moxley in the States, or, you know, hopefully fingers crossed in the UK, have him working that kind of, cause that would be absolute dynamite calling him shooter as well. <laughs> just even his facial reactions to it would just, yeah, that was between John Moxley. My God. Um, what a guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Much better than Matt Dean Ambrose fella. Yeah, exactly. Much better. Uh, Kota and Juice Robinson be taking on uh, Takahashi and Hikaleo. Yeah, um, 
one of the things, and we're going to talk about it with this match and the next match as well, I suppose the fact that Kota Ibushi isn't in a big featured match. Um, I'm not so worried about that. It'd be the first time I will have seen um, Kota Ibushi live um, as well, but a big fan of him and Juice Robinson. It starts to slip when you see who they're up against, because I must admit, um, like Yujiro Takahashi, as someone who went through that dojo system, went on an excursion to Mexico, tagged with Naito, was set up for a feud with him, and has just never shown anything else since then, other than he just does his Tokyo Pimps gimmick. Um, Hikaleo has been over with Rev Pro for a bit, and he's absolutely gigantic, but obviously he's he, he is very green, but he is getting better, but he's someone that's going to take a good bit of time. So... He's like the New he, Japan Big T. He is the New Japan Big T, and I, I, I think there's. I mean, I will have a better idea how he is by the end of the weekend because I could see him easily easily being that six person scramble. It's just the big bloke they dive onto uh, that's going on the night before at Summer Sizzler. So for this one, I'd expect Tikalo gets pinned. It's more about the star presence of Ibushi and getting to see Ibushi there. Um, and I think that in and of itself is, you know, I think that's kind of special. And I'm all right with him not being in a featured match, particularly as he's just won a G1. LIJ against Bullet Club up next. Tianato, uh, Sonada taking on Jay White and Chase Owens. Yeah. Um, this is this will be this will be a fun one. Um, yeah, you've got. Oh, I'm not. Well, I'm certainly not the biggest Jay White hater. Um, I'm not the bit. I have never been the biggest Jay White fan. How I thought the match he had in the G1 final. Um, did you did you, you get around seeing the G1 final, Joe? I did. I think a lot of the problems with Jay White is that he's. He's kind of like, I know this is a very strange way to uh, compare him. He's kind of like the Roman Reigns. He's kind of been uh, pushed a bit too fast. Yeah. And that's and that's how people have felt, that it hasn't been organic enough. He's been put... His first match when he came back as a young lion was against Sanahashi at the Dome. And it wasn't a match that particularly delivered. And there were always the kind of similarities and the same thing happening to Okada when he came back from Excursion. Um, and he had a match at the Dome against Yoshihashi that was just awful, and he did a dodgier version of the Rainmaker then as well, and then he challenged Tanahashi, and people thought, oh God, and it all went downhill. Um, I think with Jay White, the way that this is certainly being positioned is him versus Naito, which is coming up on the tour after this show, which is the uh, Road to Destruction tour, and that's being headlined by Jay White Naito, so that will be the direction they're going in as well. Um, Sonada is really the person that is like their kind of golden boy who they clearly absolutely love. And you can see why. And he is very popular in Japan. I don't think that has translated as much over t- uh, internationally. Where Do you think that's why he started wearing Sergeant Pepper's gear? I think so. <clears throat> it makes him stand out. And he's at least got that hair beard combo sorting out to at least a, a, a somewhat decent level because it had gone out of control frankly from yeah uh, this and of all of these people in this match bizarrely enough the one 
who I, I think I end up having the most affection for is Chase Owens, simply because I enjoy when Chase Owens first came into New Japan, he was like really looked out of place. He just thought, I can't find it. was due to this weird agreement they had with the NWA, and he was the um, NWA junior champion at the time. And he's become over time like really good and fun on these undercard matches. And never please the guy he loses, but the matches he has get better and better. And on a lot of the undercard of the G1, he was quite fun. And he, he's, he's a good worker who always pushes himself and he's really earned his spot in New Japan. And he realizes that he's only at the bottom. He's only, this is the kind of level that realistically he's only ever going to hit there, but he's happy with it. And he understands his place in the card. And as a result, I've kind of grown quite fond of him over time, as you can do with some of with some of these wrestlers. Um, whereas, I mean, the storyline on this one is going to be all Jay White, Naito building up to that. I don't think they're going to do any sort of dissension with Sonata, but then at the same time, I could see Sonata possibly getting a win on Chase Owens because it looks like they'll probably have a match between him and Okada at the King of Pro Wrestling show, which is in um, October. So, you know, it, it be expecting an LIJ win here. I'm going to go out on a limb for this next one. Mm-hmm. IWGP Tag Team Championship match. I think you missed one match, though. Uh, no, no, I've got it in order. Don't worry. I've got all the matches listed here. Um, Osprey? Oh, yeah, you're right. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll come back to that one in a minute. <laughs> we'll come back to that one. Sorry, Joe. IWGP Tag Team Championship, Gorillas of Destiny. I'm going to say they're defending against Aussie Open. Yep. Yep. Hope so. You'd love to think that they would get a win, um, that that they would do. I'd be very surprised. Oh, um, I've become... Conv- how, how do you feel about Gorillas of Des- Destiny? Um, they're kind of like part of the furniture now, aren't they, with New Japan? They've been around for so long. Yeah. Obviously, you've got the uh, ever-changing face of the Bullet Club these days. Uh, somebody else joined. We'll get onto that a little bit later on. Um, yeah, I think they're a, they're a decent tag team. I mean, is tag team wrestling a priority in New Japan wrestling? Well, that's that's one of the things you always hope for, that it's like the next step. One of the problems that I, I always thought New Japan had for a long time was that junior division. And particularly, and I have to say, a lot of it through the work of Will Ospreay. Um, that junior division, it seems pretty hot now. They've really done a lot. There's a lot of depth within it in terms of the people they can call on, they can use. And I'm hoping that this next year will be a time where they start to put some of that focus into the tag division. And I think Aussie Open are at that right stage where they need that kind of raise in, in stature and level. So I'd hope it would be them. My only fear is that they're going to be working up against the Tongans here, who, in terms of the match, apart from they had a good ladder match with the Briscoes that I enjoyed recently um, in Ring of Honor. Outside of that, I've been left kind of somewhat like just cold by them. And I actively hated Tamatonga when he was last in the G1. And for someone who's got a lot of ability as well, too, he's certainly more talented than, than Tangaloa. So my only fear here is it's asking a lot of Aussie Open to have a really 
good match here against the Tongans. And I, I wonder if it's as much about the Tongans as anything else. I just really hope that they're able to showcase and be have the kind of opportunity that they frankly deserved. And we've seen them, you know, grow from a couple of guys, you know, seeing Carl Fletch on a, a, a warm-up, a dart match on a Fight Club Pro show. And yep. then the match and the, the sort of growth and the progression. We're saying this, assuming it will probably end up being Bodum and Samuels now we've said this. <laughs> yeah. But but seeing that growth and seeing that story of them in the UK and seeing in particular Kyle Fletcher and, and seeing like, you know, sort of very young guy and you see him sort of physically maturing over that point and how brilliant he is for the age that he is and Mark Davis into how hard he works. Um, and they're perfect foils for each other. So I just pray that it's a really good match. I'm not expecting a title change. It would be a wild story for them if they did, but I very much doubt that'll be the case. But yeah, I hope I hope it is the Aussies, and I hope they have an absolute stormer. Uh, I think I first saw Kyle Fletcher on a um, VOD of Attack Pro Wrestling, uh, oh. cosplaying as Nixon Newell. That sounds absolutely... Was that the Press Start 5 show? I do believe it was, yeah. Oh, was that the one with Tyler Bate dressed up as Pete Dunne? Yes, they had the yes. exact same match they had at um, TakeOver Chicago. <laughs> in, re- in reverse roles. It was fantastic. That is, that's pretty brilliant. That was a great show. Simpler, happier times for Brit Rest, wasn't it? it was, we'll look at that as the golden age as old men. Leave the memories alone. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Will Ospreay and Robbie Eagles. They'll be taking on Ishimori and El Fantasmo. Yeah, which is interesting. Are you familiar with the story they did with Eagles and Fantasmo um, in Australia? Uh, in no. Keep me up to speed. Okay. So they had... Uh, Eagles versus Osprey. So they had Eagles beat Osprey in the um, best of the Super Juniors. At the time, Eagles, they'd done this storyline where they'd wrestled in, I believe it's PWA. I could be wrong. It could be MCW, actually, in Australia. And they'd had this, they'd had this great match. And then Eagles was going to be going to chaos because Osprey was going to get him in there. And then they stayed had Eagles in Bullet Club instead. And then... Eagles beat Osprey in the best of the Super Juniors. Phantasmo is always trying to kind of interfere, but Eagles was always wanting to win clean, kind of wanting to prove himself. And then when they came back to Australia, they had um, Osprey versus Eagles in the uh, Southern Showdown shows that they did, um, which were which were really good fun actually. And in this, so they've had this sort of three-way battle between Phantasmo, Eagles, uh, and Osprey. Um, but now Eagles is in chaos with Osprey, and really he's going to be in the position as Osprey moves up to the heavyweight division of being in the sort of Osprey spot um, in in the uh, in chaos as a faction. And then at the same time, we've spoken about Phantasmo earlier on. Um, so far, he's been doing like sort of really. I think, he, you know, we said before, I, I think he's been doing some good stuff, generally getting over. There's stuff he definitely needs to change, as we said earlier on. But they've played in the kind of dissensions with um, Eagles decking Phantasma at the end of the Southern Showdown. So it feels like there's a big match between those two. But um, also, 
they've, they're setting up clearly Fantasmo versus Osprey for the junior title as well in New Japan, possibly even having that at the uh, Big King of Pro Wrestling show. And I th- and that could be a hell of a match between them. And I feel almost bad not bringing up Taiji Ishimori, who um, has been excellent, but he's also been back. He's had a couple of like sort of bad injuries recently, and it's somewhat slowed him down and somewhat slowed down his momentum. Um, given what Osprey will want to deliver, he'll fly around like a lunatic and do all manner of crazy shit because it's at the Copper Box in London. He'll get an absolute hero's welcome. I suppose ultimately it would be lovely to see Osprey in a more meaningful match. However, given the amount he's been working at the minute, I can kind of get the idea of say, you know, it's a strange show to have him kind of pull back on in terms of this London show. But I think that's the reason why they've put him in a tag because it still furthers the storyline without blowing off a major match and lets him take off a little bit of the workload for the night. Well, yeah, because obviously I love that big match with David Starr the night before. Yeah, exactly. And in some ways, I was going to sound a bit weird. I could see him throwing himself really into that one as well, just as a kind of helping Andy Q in terms of getting over that kind of a storyline and, and then that kind of a big match. But either way, he's going to get a hell of a reception. Oh, unquestionably. And, and any time you get to see him, it it does feel like a privilege. Regardless of whatever anybody else thinks about him as a wrestler, I mean, I don't know about you, Joe, for this year. He's my he's my wrestler of the year. He's been great. The limited times that I've seen him in person this year, mm-hmm. uh, thinking back to the match that he had against uh, Ray Fenix at Fight Club Pro. Oh, God, that was insane. Yeah. Uh, I believe he had a match with Kyle Fletcher as well, which was pretty good. Um, the four-way with Pac, Dan Maloney, and... Uh, whose name escapes me? Mark Davis on the final day of the uh, DTTI tournament. Oh, that was quite yes. a good fatal four way. And he had that match with Dan Maloney as well. Yes. Pro. Excellent match with Dan Maloney. He it's, made Dan Maloney that night at Fight Club Pro. And I think, you know what, in some ways that sentence is the kind of summary of him. It's how he's managed to make people along the way. And he's got me invested in. Robbie Eagles a lot more. I think the Phantasmo feud will do a lot more for it. And then I think ultimately the junior title will drop probably onto Phantasmo and he'll be positioned in there with Eagles, which allows Osprey to kind of leave the junior division, but leave it with a feud that he's kind of had a hand in kind of getting together there as well. So, um, yeah. It's an. Ind- I heard so- someone say something about Osprey the other day. One of the reasons why a lot of you know, a lot of people complain about not getting to see um, some of the wrestlers they used to be able to see on the indies, but there's not as much complaint about that about Osprey and Zack Sabre Junior. And the, the reason for that really is it's because of how they're used, and they're used in a really good way. It was Will Cooling who said this, um, and because they're used in, in such a good way, when we see them again it feels special because we know that they're in a place where they're being like sort of put around the top mix of cards and they're being allowed to sort of demonstrate how good they are as well. And that's kind of as much as you want and hopefully being well paid for it. Um, yeah, there's my Will Ospreay love for the night. Joe. <laughs> uh, never open championship will be defended. Uh, Tomohiro Ishii taking on the Bullet Club's newest member, 
Spencer. Oh, um, did you see the angle? That, I that did. Kind of, it was fantastic. It was like a proper angle, wasn't it? Like, it was. That, it was up there with like nineteen ninety eight Brookside. Yeah. It, oh, it really was. It was. It was a proper. It was proper soap opera stuff. This, and I'm trying to think of a of a good, of a Reese of a good soap analogy with it. I'm trying to think of um, whether it's Phil Mitchell. Did Phil Mitchell drive into the the river with Grant? Something like that. It's 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 got that kind of heft to it. That um, if you said this, like in some ways, Ishii Kenta in and of itself is always going to be interesting. It's funny that what this heel turn has kind of made this match become and what it seems to have done for Kenta. I, Tomohiro Ishii, speaking of people who never phone it in, he never does. He's had some some of the best matches in in recent times in this country. Keith Lee at York Hall. That massively sticks out, the key. The Keith Lee one, um, in particular, uh, but then other other matches he's had, which have also been excellent against you know against Zach. Um, I can even remember a match he had with Big Damo where he lost. That was his first appearance at Rev Pro, and even that was a good match. But he's he's someone who we absolutely love seeing, like absolutely love seeing. And I think because they got the storyline, and and just to explain what it was in terms of. Kenta was in a tag match at the G at the G1 finals with Ishii. Ishii was going to tag him. Kenta dropped off the apron, walked off. Then, you know, Ishii was angry with him. He was taking on the um, on G.O.D. and I think Farle as well. And one of the things, uh, or it might have just been G.O.D. Um, and then when he managed to, uh, he didn't hit his uh, uh, brain buster but Kenta hit, hit him with a Basiku knee um, to take him out, and then it looked. And then at that point, he he joined um, Bullet Club. Then Shibata came out, who had forced to retire. You know, nearly died after his match with Akada at Sakura Genesis, which is one of the great matches of recent years. And and then they had Kenta. Uh, managed to get him to put him in a in a sleeper and hit him with a PK as well, so taking Shibata's move. So it wouldn't surprise me if they changed the championship here. And because it's the never belt, you can get away with moving that title a bit around. And the never title division in and of itself um, the, is really stacked with people like Shingo, You've even got the likes of a Goto you can put in there as well. But there's lots of art, Lance Archer from the G1. There's loads of of sort of interesting places you can you can go with that. Um, but I'm really pumped to see this one. Simply see what Ishii's going to get out of Kenta as well. They're in different blocks in the G1, so this is absolutely fascinating and plays right into New Japan's storylines, which gives the authentic feel to the show. So this is like. For people who want that authentic New Japan experience, this feels like this is going to be the, the sort of authentic New Japan experience. Even though Kenta was mostly in Noah, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> and breathe. <laughs> Next up, another huge match: the uh, Rev Pro British Heavyweight Championship. 
being defended, Zack Sabre Jr. taking on Hiroshi Tanahashi. Yeah, this is... Um, they've had this match a couple of times. They had it at MSG, which... Um, uh, for the what I like to think of now, even though it sold out and did well, but the somewhat ill-fated Ring of Honor Super Ring of Honor New Japan Super Card of Honor, and it felt like the it, the crowd weren't as into it at the beginning because they were confused over an angle involving Enzo and Big uh, and Big Cass, um, which took off some of the heat on here. But they've set this up really nicely. Um, it's a match that I've seen before, but do you know what? I'm absolutely happy to see it. And they had Zach. Um, I think he lost to ha- he lost to Tanahashi in the G1 as well, but it's sort of been looking to to take out um, him ever since. So I think this as a uh, as a big match um, for Rev Pro. I think it fits it naturally enough. I could see Zack Sabre Jr. winning because I think the eventual, uh, I don't know, it it doesn't feel like they're going to put the belt on Tanahashi. I'm afraid if they do, um, and maybe have him lose it at the cockpit the next day to David Starr, that would be kind of wild. Um, But I very much doubt that's going to happen. It's Zack Sabre Jr. and Hiroshi Tanahashi. It kind of sells itself, doesn't it? Indeed it does. Uh, The main event... The IWGP Heavyweight Championship will be defended. Kazuchika Okada taking on the man that was uh, quite brutally overlooked for the G1 this year, Minoru Suzuki. They did. I I thought they did a hell of a job with Minoru Suzuki in the G1 in that way by not booking him, but by having him on those undercards as well, looking really pissed off about not being in there. And as a result, it's kind of kept him special and fresh for this. Um, I hope to God at the beginning of this, we get um, the traditional montage of past IWGP champions, because I absolutely love that. Um, I think a lot of companies could really do with that kind of stuff because it gives things a really great historical context uh, I expect Okada to win. I can't see he's it's on the road to the to the Tokyo Dome, so I can't see that happening. However, these two had an absolutely belting half an hour match in the rain not that long ago. Um, they've had great matches before. I imagine this is going to be really really fantastic because it's a proper IWGP Heavyweight Championship match, and that in and of itself feels special that getting to see that it's not something that you you know they've done on previous cards over here so i'm really excited a card in a high pressure sort of in a singles match that'll be watched by people you know live on fight or um on a delay when it's on the new japan world yeah i'm um i'm i'm excited about this one what do you reckon I'll just say, I think it'd be a fantastic match. Um, yeah. If it was in Japan, maybe you'd have a chance of Minoru yeah. pulling out a shot win. But like you say, I, I just can't see it happening here. I don't think... I don't know. Do, do you get many DQs in New Japan? Um. Well, it's never the kind of... Kind of depends, holy, depends yeah. what mood that uh, Red Shoes is in. I would, I, I would say not in main events. 
I would say that the thing with this is they 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 wouldn't do that. Um, I think that that they 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 wouldn't have um, the DQ. God, I hope Red Shoes is refereeing this. That'll be another <laughs> thing as well. He has to be there. Um, yeah, it's it's very hard to see this. I mean, it depends on the time of year because. New Japan booking kind of follows these kind of timelines where after the Tokyo Dome, there's things that are a bit more in flux. You're never quite sure where they're going for the year. Then the G1 kind of organizes it and sets up the end of the year on the build to, to- on the build to the to- uh, Tokyo Dome. So with this match, it feels a lot more like um, like this is uh, what should be one of the sort of very good Akada title defences, which just sort of keep him strong as much as anything else and prove that, you know, on the ongoing quest for who to be the ace, it's just about keeping me as strong as possible on the build to the match against Ibushi at the Dome. I can see Akada taking a real shoe in in the match and uh, yep. digging in deep, somehow hitting a rainmaker near the end, coming out on top. Yeah, as long as he hits that rain kick, uh, sorry that that rainmaker drop kick, uh, uh, then does the um, the post of the crowd and the rainmaker, I'll be I'll be well happy with that. With a bit of sort of Minoru Suzuki brutalness beforehand, chasing the old young boys away. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, oh he'll be beating shit out of them if they're around ringside. No worries. Well, uh, I think that's about covering everything, uh, Rev Pro and New Japan. Uh, you're in for a one hell of a weekend going to both shows. Oh. Lucky, lucky yeah. you. And the cockpit, which has raised prices for this one, because apparently someone special is going to be there. Um, and I'm very intrigued to see who that is. Who's your is money it? on if you have to put a bet on someone? I would bet Suzuki. Um, <laughs> getting to see him work that close up. The one I really hope for is um, Tanahashi and getting to see someone like Tanahashi work in front of like 200 people in what will end up being an absolute sweat box possibly by, by that time but that would be the only other thing I would say that they, they, they've got something planned for it and that it's not going to be Liger because they've already done the thing in Cheltenham so yeah. I would say Suzuki but at the same time, I'm I'm kind of I'd like to say I'm hopeful that it'll be um, uh, uh, who did I say before that it'll be Tanahashi. There we go. Sorry, Joe, I've been rambling on talking. It's all right, not a problem. <laughs> I've very much enjoyed this conversation. Uh, you are a much more uh, informed man than I am when it comes to old stuff, New Japan. Uh, before you go, Thanks. would you like to give a uh, spotlight uh, a plug uh, any uh, social media that you want to plug as well uh, yeah but thank you joe um so at twitter you can find me uh there as jp jippy three e's um and every week um and i think we're planning to do one this week even though none of us have really watched any wrestling <coughs> lots of other stuff to catch up in the meantime i'll be trying to brainwash them with cricket um so if you go to the Grapple app um, on any of the app stores, Android, um, iTunes, um, you can get the Grapple app. We're on the front page of that. Otherwise, if you just search for Grapple, that's G-R-A-P-P-L without the E, um, you can find us in sort of all good places where you buy and sell podcasts. 
and we're doing one tomorrow. Normally do one every week about Monday. Sometimes, though, it's, it, you know us now, Joe. We go very much off the rails very quickly. So, yeah, I'll be brainwashing about cricket next week. That's my plan for the next one. Arise, Sir Ben Stokes. That's all I have to say about that. Oh, did you watch it? Uh, unfortunately, I was I was mid uh, Jim Smallman spiel oh. at the beginning of progress. So, although I... I did sneak out while it was happening and have a listen to it on the radio with a another fan that was there listening to the cricket. I'm sure this gadge? is very very no, it wasn't. I'm sure this uh. is all very fascinating to those uh, listeners in America also talking about the cricket. They need get on board it. Honestly, listeners in America, get on board it. It's, it was awesome that last test. It might not make any sense, but it's well worth sticking with. And uh, as JP says, do give a grapple spotlight a follow. Uh, they're an absolutely fantastic one of my favourite podcasts in the UK oh, on the wrestling scene. And uh, download the Grapple app uh, for those of you that don't know. Uh, grapple, it's like a star system. You, you see your matches and you give them a rating. Yeah, exactly. Um, we only go up as far as as high as five stars. I know melts are busting star ratings here, but um, yeah, from uh, I think at the moment about nineteen promotions from around the world. Um, a lot of the sort of big UK promotions, obviously WWE, New Japan, AEW. So if ever you've watched it, go up there, put your ratings up. You can see what other people have done and what they think, and it's always kind of fascinating to go back and have a look at some of the stats about how people voted and what they like the most. I always find it, you know, it's always really interesting. You can get an idea of the the kind of year someone's having at times. So, yeah, good stuff. Get on board with it. Yeah, that's a grapple without the the end. Just search for it uh, on your smart devices. Uh, and once again, thank you very much, JP, for your time. Absolute pleasure, Joe. Cheers, mate. And uh, when we come back, we'll be... Uh, going over the matches for NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff. Uh, We'll be right back. You're listening to Tables, Athers and Chairs on the HTM Podcast Network. We'll be right back to wrap things up for this week. Big thank you to JP Houlihan there. Uh, definitely check out Grapple Spotlight. Uh, he's one third of the host, the other two lads. Uh, Joe Lemon, aka Rev Joe, and Benno. Uh, Grapple Spotlight, one of the best podcasts in the UK, uh, covering all the graps from around the country, as uh, well as New Japan, in which uh, JP is an expert, as you can tell. Okay, uh, last event of the uh, weekend in the UK. It is NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff emanating from the Motor Point Arena in Cardiff, Wales. Uh, it's a five-match card. Take you through it. Uh, Travis Banks will be taking on Noam Dar in singles action. Uh, Dave Mastiff will be taking on Joe Coffey in a last-man-standing match. Uh, There's a triple threat tag team match for the NXT UK Championship. Uh, The Grizzled Young Vets, Zach Gibson and James Drake. Uh, They'll be taking on the team of Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster. 
as well as Gallus in the form of Mark Coffey and Wolfgang. Uh, the NXT UK Women's Championship will be on the line. Uh, Tony Storm taking on former friend Kaylee Ray. And of course, the main event NXT WWE United Kingdom Champion Volta. He will be defending against Tyler Bate. Uh, for me, the three title matches stand out as the ones to watch. Uh, triple threat tag team match for the uh, UK Tag Team Championships. Uh, Grizzled Young Vets uh, defending against Mandrews and Flash and Gallus. Obviously, Flash Morgan Webster, Mark Andrews being two hometown heroes, local lads. I believe that Mark Andrews is actually from Cardiff. Flash, obviously, a Welshman. Uh, they'll have all this fan support in the arena that night uh, against two heel teams in the form of Gallus and Grizzled Young Vets. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the hometown boys walked away with the championship here. Uh, be a good feel-good moment. Uh, Tony Storm defending the NXT UK Women's Championship against Kaylee Ray. I'd seen these two have many a matches on the UK scene. And uh, they never fail to deliver. It's always a very good match. This obviously on a bigger stage. Uh, big, huge crowd. I do believe that it's a sellout. Roughly about 8,000. Going to be at the Motor Point Arena that night. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a fantastic women's match there. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see another title change there either. Wouldn't be shocked if Kaylee Ray came away with a win. And at uh, the main event of the evening... Walter defending the WWE United Kingdom Championship against Tyler Bate. Uh, it's a match that I saw at Wembley Arena at Progress uh, roughly about 10, 11 months ago, something like that. Uh, that was a very, very good match. I've got uh, no doubt that this will be equally as good, uh, if not surpass it. So, yeah, uh, NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff uh, taking place on Saturday night. Uh, I think that's after Royal Quest, so if you are at Royal Quest, probably got time to get home and uh, log on to the WWE Network and watch that one. And that finally brings us to the end of this week's bumper show. As you can tell, lots of wrestling last weekend, even more wrestling this weekend. Uh, be sure to check out all the other shows on the HDM Podcast Network. Turnbuckle Talk with Big John Carl. The Wrestle Popcast with Robin Nelson, PW Hustle, and of course, HDM Podcast Sports and HDM Wrestling with Jargo and RBV. That's it for me for this week. I hope you all have an excellent weekend. If you go into any of the wrestling, be it Rev Pro, Summer Sizzler, be it New Japan Royal Quest, be it NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff, Albeit all out over on the other side of the pond. I hope you all have an awesome weekend. Take care and I'll see you next week. Ta-ra. Uh
brothers and nine or six As I got a garbage brain That's driving me insane And I don't like the ride So push that nest to the side And baby, I won't care Cause baby, I don't scare Cause I'm a reborn maggot Using dream warfare Rock Rock tonight and I say 